Welcome to this episode of the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. On this episode, I will be covering more about what's going on in the NFL. At least four head coaches got fired recently this week. I will be talking about that along with an end of an era of general managers and two prestige franchises around the NFL. I would also be speaking more about the Big Ben story as if is this truly going to be the end of an era in Pittsburgh after the 2021 NFL football season? And last but not least, the story on the NFL playoffs, now that all 14 spots within both the NFC and the AFC are now clinched. What are the games to watch? Who are the sleeper teams? And much more. Tune into this episode to listen to me, May Shayla, speak more about these topics. Enjoy. What's up, y'all? This is me, Shayla, your host, kicking it off with the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. So on this episode, as I already said, this will be strictly about the NFL. Starting with what's going on around the league. To all of you that are fans of this episode that's been listening to this podcast, thank you in advance. To all that's listening to this episode, thank you in advance as well. Thank you for your recent support. Now... There has been a lot going on in this league. I know that, you know, I've been on a weekly vacation or whatever you want to call it, and I wasn't fortunate enough to get around to have enough time to cover it. But long story short, I'm back and I'm here now. So Monday, recent changes within organizations have been made, starting with the Chicago Bears firing their head coach, Matt Nagy, after I believe it was three to four seasons. Obviously, this was a move that was, well, what many would consider long overdue due to the lack of success that the Bears organization has had within their division, let alone the conference, in his era. Along with that, but you got to think about it. The 2021 season alone it was just the icing on top of the cake of why he got fired. There are games that the Bears could have won that his coaching decision wouldn't allow them to win and that put them in predicament to lose. With all of this being said, you can expect them to be shooting their shots at head coaches recently because obviously the Bears is look is a team that's looking to return to the postseason sooner rather than later due to being over a decade of not having a postseason appearance. The last time the Chicago Bears has been to the playoffs was 2010, and it's now 2022. With the new season beginning, obviously starting August, September, training camp happening around July, so we're technically still in 2021 when it comes to the NFL, with the playoffs starting this week. With all of this being said, Matt Nagy being fired, like I've said before, was long overdue due to the fact that Matt Nagy, you know, didn't have that many wins. The Bears finishing every year under his era below 500, things of that nature, decision making, all of this. And obviously his criteria as a head coach not fit in the Bears identity, which is old school smash mouth football, which is similar to the Steelers and other organizations. With all of this being said, I don't think that, you know, Matt Nagy should have been the only one that should have been gone. Personally, I believe the Chicago Bears should just clean house. They should just clean house because the fact that, you know, it ain't just him that's the issue. 
being there in Chicago for at least three to four seasons and having, you know, after a 6-11 season, not only did they fire him, but they also fired their GM, Ryan Pace, after a 6-11 season, which was this year alone. This, you know, is something that it's just hard to speak on because you don't want to come off as disrespectful from one human being to another. So it's like, in the process, I am, you. what you can say is attempting to hold back. It's been long overdue. I'm going to just say that and that's where I'm going to just... Well, I'm not going to leave it there because actually I'm explain more why he got fired. He got fired because after 6-11 and 11 season, before that, I believe they only had like four wins, which is why they were so high in the draft, how they were able to get a talent like Justin Fields out of Ohio State, didn't build the O-line, which is why the general manager was fired, you know, had numerous years to build an O-line, didn't every quarterback that you have behind the O-line getting banged up left and right because there's no protection. And then the decision-making, the team overall success, both from an offensive and defensive standpoint, including your special teams, it does fall on the coach and it does fall on the general manager. You have to find a way to build a team that can succeed and at least two out of three phases of football and the Bears unfortunately for the past three to four seasons couldn't find success in either one of the three phases offense defense nor special teams which is why you know they're starting with to me this will be the beginning to the end of cleaning house even though they did apparently get an interview or interviewed another man who was fired from an organization after you know a below 500 record season Brian Flores, I actually want to talk more about him because that, I think I speak for everyone, that that firing honestly got me pretty angry. I was disappointed. I was shocked. I was flabbergasted because I did not see that firing coming. I don't think he was the issue in Miami. I think the issue is the front office. You have not had a solid offensive line since 2016. We're now in 2021 season while beginning 2022. You had numerous draft picks. You have, I believe you had about three this past draft, the draft offensive line, and I don't believe you did. Congratulations on getting Tulip. That was a start. Thank you for getting the wide receiver out of Alabama. I forgot which one it was because I think it was like three that came out of Alabama this, this past draft. But what did you do to build around them? What have you been what have you been doing for all these years? You know, Brian Flores is somebody that did not deserve to be fired. Players from Miami apparently are pissed off that he got fired, and so am I. And I'm sorry to say it, but I'm about to pull the race card here. Cause I think his race is why. Cause rumor is Miami's a racist city. Rumor. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but if that is, then this explains everything because I cannot come up with a better reason or more valid reason why this man lost his job. Is it because he wanted out of Miami? Because certain things just him and, you know, the ownership and the managership and the managers are just not seeing eye to eye or they just don't think he's the right fit for the job. It's one or the other, but the I don't get why the players would be irate if he wanted out of if he wanted away from Miami unless you know unless they are just pissed off that he ain't wanting nothing for them. But I don't think that's true because I believe that I read before that Brian Flores actually liked it in Miami, and he was building something in Miami. The Dolphins were what only one two games out of a playoff spot. No one had the Miami Dolphins even in the conversation. And the fact that Brian Flores, even with the minimum that the Dolphins has gave him to work with, put the Dolphins in that conversation and then just to be fired after blowing out one of the best teams in the AFC who's not only this year but for at least the past two decades, the Patriots, 
should have told them everything they need to know. Build that man a damn team and let him do his job. But you can't even do that, Dolphins. So, I don't know who they're going to bring in to replace him. Good luck the rest of the way to both Brian Flores and the Dolphins. But more to Brian Flores because he doesn't deserve the bad ending of this. On to, you know, the Big Apple. Because, well, I think everyone wish got granted. Um... Joe Judge has been fired as the New York Giants coach after I believe it was a four and thirty start or something like that as a head coach. Yeah, it's not it's not that good as you know the record. With all of this being said, I'm gonna just start off by saying this. That was long overdue. You know, general manager obviously Dave Gettleman retiring is something that I'm going to speak more about this episode, but I'm pretty sure that's partially why, because they wouldn't allow him to do his job or whatever. But yes, Joe Judge, to me, may be a good person, maybe a good coordinator, but not a great head coach. You know, I think he'll be more of an offensive coordinator than he is a head coach, because when you're a head coach, you're running the whole team, not just one side of the football. And I don't think, and I think there's pretty good coordinators who turn into coaches who are just not capable of doing that. And I think that it's a fresh start for both him. I think it's a fair do because it's a fresh start for both him and the Giants organization. And because I'm one of them that's on board saying New York needed to clean house. And this is a great start because what have you been doing with your team in these past four, two to four seasons, Joe Judge? You know, you got Saquon Barkley. No offensive line, which is why him, Daniel Jones, are constantly getting hurt. Daniel Jones with a neck injury, which ended his season. Then you had his backup getting injured, and I think a third string got hurt in the process. Um, Ghetto Man obviously retiring is obviously going to hurt New York because, if I'm not mistaken, he was their general manager and both of their Super Bowl runs in the Eli Manning era. The Giants are somebody who needed a fresh start because everything was just going haywire in a bad way in New York, New Jersey, New York. You know, since 2011, nothing has went right in New York. You started to get some life again when they drafted Odell in 2014. Then you made the playoffs two years later with him and Eli, went one and done against the Packers, I believe it was. Then, you know... Turned right back around, and everything just went downhill. Eli retired, I believe it was 2019 season. Daniel Jones came in um, around that time. I think he was drafted, you know, April of 2019, replaced Eli as the starter. Things just, when you expected things to get better because the quarterback was apparently the issue, it's only gotten worse. It's only gotten worse. And... This is when now you have to look at the general manager and you have to look at the head coach because it's like, what the hell are you doing now? We got rid of what apparently was the issues and yet the issue is only getting worse. Lack of production, lack of wins, lack of organizational and team success. So this to me, just like the Matt Nagy move with Chicago was just long overdue. Um, and speaking of a long overdue move, I believe I speak for Broncos country when, you know, when I speak on their head, their former head, now former head coach, correct me, Vic Fiango, or I forgot to pronounce his name. I'm not that great with name pronounces, obviously, as you know, you all know, if you watched in tune into this podcast, um, he got fired. He got fired recently and I think that's long overdue because he cost Denver a lot of games this year. He cost them the game against Cincinnati. He cost them the game, I believe it was, against San Francisco. Cost them the game against Kansas City. You know, it's a lot of games that the Broncos could have possibly won. They could have probably snuck in the playoffs this year because they were just in the conversation not too long ago. But Vic did not, you know, Fingiago did not put his team in the predicament trading away Von Miller 
that was just a real, real, you know, classless move to me by Denver to do. So missing the playoffs, they practically deserved that because Von Miller was not the issue there. Um, the issue to me is management and coaching getting cocky and arrogant because of their Super Bowl win that barely anyone on that team that wears some jerseys from the top up were, were there for. Neither one of those Super Bowl years, the one including the one they got embarrassed in. But yes, these moves are long overdue. This is why you can't be too comfortable as a head coach. And the Brian Flores story is the most unfortunate one. That's the most shocking one because this dude is going to get a job elsewhere. And I think the Dolphins made a massive mistake getting rid of him. No, no, no. I don't think I know. They made a massive mistake because he's not a bad coach. He's just in a very bad, arrogant organization. An uh, organization that's really not been much since damn Reno era. Let's get real here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. But the truth hurts, folks. And things are only going to get worse because now I'm thinking, who you got to replace Mr. Flores? Obviously, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan is considering coming back to the NFL because he was the head coach of the 49ers. So I could think of three teams, Bears, Broncos, or Giants. He could go and coach and turn things around there because the 49ers, since the Steve Young era was a pretty bad team, he coached there, coached them up to a Super Bowl run. They came up short, three conference championships, came up short in at least two out of three of them. You know, went back to Michigan, went to Michigan, now considering a return, I think he could be a great candidate. Um, For the Giants, I think Brian Flores should be up there. Um, He should be up there for all of them, well, except for the Dolphins who, were, who played stupid and fired him. But, yes, that's all I pretty much have to say right now on this, on that, with head coaches being fired, because... There's not much to say, because if I continue to speak more and more on this, I'm going to just be playing the role of Captain Obvious and make everyone go to sleep on this podcast, which is something I really don't want to do. So, take my break. Be back in about a minute, and see you next segment. Peace out. Welcome back to the Mike Bomb Podcast. This is your host once again, May Shayla, checking in. So now moving on to, obviously, as I already got got into a little on the last segment, which was two eras and two prestige organizations of general managers are now ending. Started when Dave Gettleman... um, who's been the Giants GM from 2018 to now, or correct me, yeah, 2018 to 2021. Obviously, as I already said, this is long overdue because the lack of success the Giants has had. They've been below 500 every year under his era. So that's about three, four seasons below 500, been last in their division, not succeeded offensively, defensively, or special teams. None of the three phases of football. When you're not good in neither one of them things, that tells you, one, you don't have the right play calling. Two, you don't have a good identity. Okay, correct me. You don't have a good play calling. You don't have a good identity, like who you are as a team. You don't have enough good players or at least enough players that will allow you to win or to succeed the other team two out of three phases of the ball. The Giants since 2016 really hasn't had a team, mainly since 2011, which would, would be over a decade now, or about a decade, if not exactly a decade, but it's been at least a good 10 years, I'm, I'm sure about, where they have not been good in at least one phase of the football. Like, in the Odell and Eli Manning era, they looked good, but overall they were kind of average because it was only them two. If Eli couldn't find Odell, Victor Cruz were pretty banged up in and on and off the field. Um, 
Shepard was also banged up, things of that nature. And that's pretty much all they had from 2014 to 16. And since, you know, Odell got hurt, got traded away to Cleveland, Eli retired, that's pretty much been, pretty much sealed the hope that they had. So Dave Gettleman decided to retire after four seasons. After, you know, John Amara, team owner, vice president, I believe he was, decided, according to NJ.com, to blow, to blow it all up, pretty much. Fire Joe Judge after Dave Gettleman's forced retirement, which means, in other words, he forced Dave to retire. As you know, the co-owner of the Giants, Mara already stated, and this is what he said, John Mara's words, it was just a culmination of things. We just got to a point where I thought we had dug ourselves a hole so deep that I didn't see a clear path to getting out of it, unless we completely blew it up and started all over again with a new general manager and a new head coach. I still think that there is a really good head coach inside of Joe Judge. I just felt like given where we are right now, on the verge of bringing in a new general manager, we have to give it that person, we have to give that person the flexibility to bring in the new head coach that he wants. That was a large part of the decision here, making a change and firing Judge. I just felt like we really needed to start from the ground up again. Mara broke his fifth month silence Wednesday when he held his first press conference since August 17th. He fired Joe Judge Tuesday night, which was last night. Just two and a half months earlier, Mara spoke glowingly in public about Judge's future with the organization. Now he will hire a new general manager to replace Dave Gettleman, who was forced into retirement after destroying the Giants roster and let that person lead the coaching, re lead the coaching search. But when Mara was asked Wednesday if the new GM will have full and total authority to hire whichever coach he wants without any say from ownership, Mara said that was not the case and that he will ultimately approve the hire. Wow. Um, obviously, this move is, you know, some would call it too controlling, but it's pretty understandable because, as I already said, the lack of success that the Giants had over the years since 2011, which was their last Super Bowl run, their last good playoff run. Obviously, they had one in 2016 where they came up short. Nothing since then. So, yes, I actually applaud Mr. Mara for stepping in, putting his foot down as the team owner because this make this will make him look bad if it doesn't already because these are the people you're bringing into your organization or you're allowing to be bought into your organization. So he had to put his foot down on this. With all of this being said, I think this was the best thing for both parties because you may be a good coach or a good general manager or whatever, but just not in, you're just not the right fit for the organization. With all of this being said, I wish Mr. Gettleman the best of his retirement. Wish him all well in the future. Vice versa with Mr. Joe Judge, with John Mara and the Giants organization. Now moving on to what is going to break my heart to talk about this because everyone knows already I'm a Yeezer, I'm a diehard Steeler fan, and announced, you know, a little recently, Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert has, you know, announced and already came out that this will be his last season as the Steelers general manager. Um, to all of you that obviously knows your Steeler football or no football period, you know that he was the one who helped draft a lot of these Steeler players that even if you didn't like 
you know, you respect it because of their game and what they brought to the table. Like Troy Palomalo, like Santonio Holmes, like, you know, Willie Parker. He was one of them that, you know, was there when the beginning of the Super Bowl run started happening with James Harrison, Joey Porter, Casey Hampton, Brett Kiesel, all them guys, Ryan Clark. Um, Heinz Ward is another name. Heath Miller is one. And, you know, obviously Steelers, current Steelers QB, Ben Roethlisberger. This man has built two Super Bowl teams who wind up going to three, knocking at the door four right now due to obviously sneaking in as the playoffs, sneaking in, you know, as the seventh seed in the playoffs recently. His last day of work pretty much is going to be after the 2022 NFL Draft, which is happening in April, May, between that time. Um, I don't know where to begin with this, really, because what the hell is the Steelers going to do without him? He's been, you know, there through it all. He's built it all. He's helped contribute in a good way. Um... But he was one of them that did say that he was done when Ben's done. So Ben announcing that most likely this will be his last year, not guaranteeing it technically. This should obviously, if you know, you pay attention to Steelers, you obviously would have saw this coming. If this is so, and I mean for both Ben and Kevin, I'm going to speak more about Ben down this episode. I wish Mr. Cobra and Roethlisberger the best, regardless. Thank you for all that you've done. Um, good luck to the next dude that got to step up. I'm not sure who's going to take Mr. Cobra's place, but you got some big shoes to fill, buddy. And that obviously goes to the future Steelers quarterback after Roethlisberger as well, which I'm going to speak more about down the road. I wish whoever the best... Wish you the best of luck. Obviously, you're going to be dealing with some real spoiled fans who's going to want another good run. Good runs, correct me. Runs, as in plural, more than one. And that's just going to be that. Mr. Colbert, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for making my childhood, teenage years awesome. Thank you for not allowing us to stink so badly that we're a laughingstock, even though we practically was that this year, even though we are in the playoffs. Hopefully, that turns around. Thank you for everything, and good luck down the road, my guy. Thank you. And I'll catch you guys next segment. Welcome to the final segment of the Mike Bomb Podcast. Thank you in advance to all who tuned in and listened to this episode as you join me on this final segment. So now, as of last Sunday, after a crazy ending of Week 18, the NFL playoffs are finally here. We now know who are the final seeds for the playoff spot. All playoff berths has been clinched, so now we don't have to no longer ask, which is a good thing. So the playoffs obviously will start this Saturday, January 15th, where we got a 4 o'clock game. 4.30 to be more exact at Paul Brown Stadium, where the number four seed in the AFC, the 10-7 Cincinnati Bengals, will host the number five seed, the Las Vegas Raiders, in the first game of Super Bowl card weekend. Um, the Bengals obviously don't have the best history in the playoffs, especially in the wild card, where they are 1-8 of all time in wild card rounds. By losing seven straight with two, three different quarterbacks. But the seven losses came from the Marvin Lewis era. It's no longer the Marvin Lewis era. It's now the Zach Taylor era. And obviously, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Jesse Bates, others, Tyler Board, Joe Mixon, how can I forget about him, are obviously looking to change that and to... 
you know, break that curse that they recently had for seven playoff losses for seven times straight in the wild card. Um, this is a massive game because this game to me can go either way. No, I'm not giving you predictions because I don't have any on board that I'm 100% confident about. Except for one, except for one game in the wild card, but I'm not going to get there. I'm not going there. Anyways, that's game number one. Game number two will be the 8-15 game, which will be on, by the way, you want to watch the Bengals and the Raiders game? It's going to be 4.30 NBC, NBC station, Saturday, January 15th. Tune in. And now we got the main event. We got the primetime game, which will be on CBS 8.15 and Highmark Stadium, where the 11-6 AFC East champions, the Buffalo Bills, will be hosting divisional rivals, arch rivals, the 10-7 New England Patriots, which are the sixth seed, and the Bills are the third. This will be the first time in the Super Bowl era where these teams are meeting in the playoffs. This is another game that can go either way. Obviously, to cover the spread, you will obviously root for the Bengals and the and the Bills because they're the home teams, but then knowing Derek Carr in clutch moments, knowing Bill Belichick's postseason success, you could pick the Patriots and the Raiders to for you know to advance. But yeah, that's a game you want to watch because obviously that game is going to be a slugfest. The Pats and the Bills because one is division rivals, two they both neck and neck, um, things of that nature. Josh Allen and Mac Jones will be making his debut. Bill Belichick's back in the playoffs after missing a year. Last time he was there, he went one and done in the wild card, which was his last game with Tom Brady in Foxborough. He's now on the road in Highmark Stadium, Buffalo, New York, with the Bills, where the last time he was there, he did win. So, you know, that would bring confidence to the Patriots. The Patriots are looking pretty motivated after a dreadful loss to the Dolphins in Miami. So you got to think about it from that nature. So good luck to those teams. Then you got Sunday's game. The first game will be on Fox, which will be 1 p.m. Raymond James Stadium, where the 13-4 number two seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be hosting the 9-8, the number seven seed, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now the Philadelphia Eagles has the number one rushing offense in the league. That means they have the best rushing attack. Versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who has the number one passing attack in the league, which means passing offense. Wow. Actually, I did not know that about Philadelphia. Honestly. Wow. That's that's actually great. This matchup to me is going to be better than what many people think. Because obviously, no one's going to look at Jalen Hurts, especially at this point of Tom Brady's career, compared to where Jalen Hurts is at right now, the same way. They're not. Because obviously, the names... What has done, what is, you know, one is done that the other one hasn't yet or ain't going to do because I don't see nobody else winning seven Super Bowl titles. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, That game, it's a lot of these games are a toss up. You know, this actually going to be some pretty solid games this weekend. And speaking of solid games, this to me is the game that, you know, can steal the show. The 4.30 p.m. game at AT AT&T Stadium that will be on CBS, where the number six seed, the 10-7 San Francisco 49ers, will be traveling to take on the number three seed, the 12-5 Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys, obviously, some will say only having three playoff victories in nearly 30 years is pretty much a laughingstock for a franchise like the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott does own a playoff win, so he is 1-1 one one in the playoffs, I believe, or 1-2. He has a chance to tie that series, and it should bring Dallas more confidence as they are 5-2 all-time versus the 49ers in the postseason. So if you're interested in that game, that game will be 4.30, AT&T Stadium on CBS Eastern Time. And as a matter of fact, all these games are Eastern Time. So if you're on the West Coast, calculate it three hours back. Now, this is the main event for Sunday night at Gia Field at Arrowhead Stadium, NBC 815, where the number seven seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-7-1, will be taking on the number two seed the 12 and 5 Kansas City Chiefs 
where Ben Roethlisberger unfortunately has a 3-4 record in wildcard round, which is tied for the most losses of all time. But the Chiefs obviously don't have the most success in the wildcard round. Roethlisberger is 1-0 against Kansas City, 6-3 of all time, and obviously is looking pretty motivated because with this most likely being his bet last year, him wanting to go out on top versus Patrick Mahomes, who's obviously wanting to bounce back from the Super Bowl loss last year, wanting another shot at the Super Bowl, feeling he got a great shot to get Tom Brady one more time to revenge that loss. A lot of things can play out well for this game. This game, to me, is going to be better than what many people are expecting because even though they did have some help, the Steelers, if they would have not handled their business, the results of these other games would have not mattered. Kansas City wasn't in a slump at one point. They bounced back. They started looking more like themselves. And then they continued, you know, to dominate as they did beat the crap out the Steelers 36-10 the last time they met. Beating Pittsburgh 42-37 before that. Things of that nature. So when you see all of that and you think about all of that... This game can go, all these games can go either way. I actually don't have no favorites in none of these games. None of them. I do have my picks. I'm not going to reveal them just yet. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, at ShadeMaxSports, on Instagram as well. Um, along with, you know, you following the page, the Mike Bomb Podcast, on both Instagram and Twitter, then my picks should be revealed then. If they are, if I get around at the time, I don't have them just yet because I'm not even sure of who I'm picking to win these games, truthfully. Or I am, or I'm not. Don't know. <laughs> Anyways, then you got the final game of Wild Card Weekend where the number five seed, the Arizona Cardinals, 11-6, will be traveling to SoFi Stadium on ESPN, where the game will be at, by the way, to take on the number four seed, the 12-5 LA Rams. The Rams did win, you know, nine of the last 10 games versus Arizona. But Arizona did beat the Rams the last time they was in SoFi. And the Rams are now the NFC West champions for, I believe, it's the second or third time under the Sean McVay era. Congratulations to them in the process. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to the Titans. Congratulations to everyone else who's won their divisions in the process. I can't name all teams right now. It's not enough time. But, yes, so all these games will be on NFL. All these games will be on your mobile devices. You can watch them on your computer. You obviously have Dofu Sports. You'll have access to them all as well. Um, ESPN, Fox, all of them, every station, ex I believe, except for ABC, will be hosting the NFL playoffs. So if you miss one game, you can watch the others. You can download the NFL app. You can watch it on your phones. Wildcard Weekend is this week. Tune in. Um... And yes, the sleeper teams, I'm going to say right now, though, before I leave out, Pittsburgh Steelers, San Francisco 49ers, um, because a lot of people are overlooking these teams. A lot of people are doubting these teams, but these teams have beat a lot of these teams that are currently in the playoffs within both conferences. That's why they're my sleeper picks. That's all I have right now for this segment, for this episode. Thank you to all who's tuning in. Thank you for your recent support. It's appreciated. See you guys next episode. I'm out. Welcome back to the Mike Bomb Podcast. This is your host, me, Shayla. I'm now moving on to what another topic that's going to bring me to talk about a little more than the pre more than the recent one. So, these within these past two weeks, there's been some mega questions surrounding Pittsburgh and the quarterback position heading into the 2022 football season because obviously we already knew who our 2021 quarterback is going to be, which is a great thing. But unfortunately, most likely, apparently, according to him and others, close sources, it won't be the case for next season where he already pretty much confirmed that most likely his last home regular season game of his career was against the Cleveland Browns Monday night where the Steelers won 26 to 14. I attended that game and I also attended the game where it will be his last road regular season game 
where he played the Baltimore Ravens, where they defeated the Ravens 16-13. Um, this is truly painful because the one career that was continuing that allowed me to heal, you know, so well from Troy's retirement was Ben's. Um, I'm scratching my head with this one because I'm doing everything I can to not be as emotional as I've already been within these past two to three weeks, especially with the playoffs around the corner. Um, this truly hurts because I'm happy that it happened and I'm old enough to witness that if I was to have children one day, I could tell them about a real, real awesome era that is truly going to be missed from a player that is one of a kind. You know, we're not getting another one of. I don't care who you bring to the table. Ben was just someone who was fearless, not afraid to be himself, and didn't care what others think. He was everything that you he is everything that you want in a player. And he defined his style of play defined what Steelers football is about. Old school smash mouth football fearless, ready to punch you dead in the mouth, not going to run if anything's going to come right at you, things like that. Him announcing that this will most likely be it for him after, you know, this season is truly hurtful because it's like, damn, for the first time in my life, I'm coming into 2000 and I'm coming into a season where I'm asking who my team quarterback is going to be. Obviously, the day, you know, was to come eventually because everything has an end to it. Um, But this is hurtful because, like, this is the only quarterback that I knew, you know, playing for my team. When I started watching football, he was the quarterback of, you know, the Steelers. It was when we started knocking at the door of Super Bowls, started getting back in the conversation, obviously started winning football games again in a good way. Started winning championships, things of that nature. He was one of those players who was at the forefront of bringing the Steel City back to the center of the NFL. Back to being the face of being the franchise. Because they went away a little after, you know, the 70s. They came back, made some couple of appearances in conference championship games. And won Super Bowl since then. Came up short in both. Ben era with Troy and all them guys turned it around. It was it's it's a great one. It's a great one. Um obviously this is not his last game. Steelers play the Chiefs this Sunday. But this hurts because I know I'm never gonna get this back again. I'm never gonna get a quarterback where I'm like, I love you because you didn't care to be like the others and you succeeded just as much as the others, if not more than the others. That's what Ben Roethlisberger is. You know, when I speak on Ben's career and Ben's success, that's what I would tell people. He was those who didn't care to play like others, who didn't look like others. Didn't, you know, he wasn't, he, what you thought, what you think an NFL quarterback is. Ben Roethlisberger showed you it's the total opposite or it can be. You don't have to be like everyone else to be an NFL quarterback size-wise, weight-wise, things of that nature, style of play, because obviously his style of play was clearly stands out from every other quarterback in this era. Like, if you think of a quarterback's play, who eras, who whose style of play stands out the most in the Super Bowl era, you would think Ben Roethlisberger. Out of him, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, um, you could consider Brett Favre because he played in this era, Kurt Warner, you could consider him this era too. Um, who else? Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers. Ben had, like, everyone has similarities to one another but Ben Roethlisberger. He was just that one, he was just that one, you know, like when you put statues or trophies in a box. He was just that one that just stood out the most and been like, he's not like the rest, but he is just as good as the rest, if not 
most of the rest, he's better. That's what Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, in this during his time during his time in Pittsburgh. That's how you would define Ben Roethlisberger. What you think a quarterback is, it's not. It's the total opposite. With all of this being said, as a football fan, as a Steelers fan, Ben, I'm gonna miss your ass dearly. I really am. Um. Obviously, I'm getting pretty emotional on this episode because it's like he's the only quarterback I knew, my all-time favorite QB, my all-time favorite offensive player, to be true to you, um, because he was someone that's he's someone that's just hardcore. That's what I would consider him, the hardcore version of an NFL quarterback, the one that just didn't give a damn, one that would just. Like, you see some quarterbacks running from defensive players. He wouldn't. He would go at them. He'll punch you dead in the mouth. He would carry you on his back. He would shake people off. He would extend plays. He would throw down them. You see a little of that here and there. Not as much as you used to be because, obviously, we ain't talking about the same Ben right now. You can't expect Big Ben to be, like I've said before, at 39 and be the quarterback that he was at 25 and 22. That's utterly ridiculous and unrealistic. But... He's still that guy. He still got good. You know, he still can he he can still make plays and stuff. He's still obviously a good quarterback. Some may think differently. I don't know whether it's just hate or whether it's just that's just how they feel. Couldn't care less. This is not about them. This is about me and my thoughts on this situation and Ben personally. I'm going to miss the hell out of this guy. It's gonna be so weird for me to look at this team. Look at the quarterback and not see the number seven jersey that's in the white block number with the last name Roethlisberger being printed in yellow letters right on top. No, no, no. Correct me. Those are white letters. No, no, no. Those are yellow. How can I not forget this? (laughs) I, I have the damn jersey. But yes, it's going to be weird for me because it's like. When I first became a Steeler fan, obviously everyone knows Troy Palomalo is my all-time favorite athlete, all-time favorite safety, defensive player, period. It went Troy, Kobe, Ben, Shaq, Derek Fisher, in that order of athletes. Well, obviously, no, correct me. Kobe, Troy, Kobe, Ben, Candace Parker, Shaq, Derek Fisher, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez. In that order, Sidney Crosby would go right behind them. Yes, and that is why I'm a Yankees, Lakers, and Penguins fan. Just for clarification, and I'm a Candace Sparkers fan, which means I go where she go. Sorry, not sorry, even though I still root for the L.A. Sparks. All of this being said, back to the basis. I'm a Miss Ben. It's, it's a hell of a ride, man. Um... I don't know where the hell to go. I can't even expect to for the Steelers to know where to go from here because I don't even know where the hell to go from here as a fan. So I can only imagine, you know, people who obviously wake up in the morning, walk in and out the buildings, and just so used to seeing someone who most likely we're not going to see anymore. And it's going to be hard because obviously Monday night against Cleveland, You know, when I heard those things, I got emotional and I started crying when they announced your quarterback and your quarterback from Miami, Ohio, Ben Roethlisberger. That broke me. I was happy to see him again for the third time this that year this year. Um. But it broke me because I know, based off of Ben's tone, based off the vibe that's going on within the fans, the team, the players, I go back into Heinz Field again, unless Ben's being honored and his jersey's being retired, which is going to be a really short time. I know I'm never, and I repeat, I know I'm most likely never going to hear that again from a Steelers game. In the Steelers game, unless I record it 
record what I got on my phone. That's pretty much it for that. That hurts knowing that as a fan because the people who made you fall in love with the team, fall in love with the sport of football, actually changed your perception of what you thought an offensive player, a quarterback was. That's how it would define Ben Roethlisberger's legacy. Like I said, what you thought an NFL quarterback is, he said he defined it as something else. You know, it's it's just mind-blowing. It's like, damn, is this really it for you? I mean, it was coming because, like I said, it's the end of everything. You know, every even though Ben could obviously still play, but it's about do you want to do it anymore? Obviously, it could be about his family, his kids, him missing time with them, them getting older. He's not, you know, he's there, but he's not there because of his football schedule. It can be a lot of things. You know, it could be a lot of things mentally playing. I support whatever decision Ben makes because it's understandable and he has earned every right to make either decision, whether to resign a contract and come back next year and shock everyone or just to... Go off on a high note and keep it pushing. I respect either decision because he has earned that from us fans, from the league. And, well, he's earned that from within himself. So, this is truly it. Ben, I love you. I'll miss the hell out of you. Good luck down the road, my guy. And I will see you guys the the next segment. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting it out. But before I do, I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed followed and listened to the podcast and for your support throughout this whole series if you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast such as news episodes and seasons you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on apple music spotify amazon music and google Podcasts. thank you for your support and see you next episode Trying. How do they do it? It's just 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% 